You know, on Mondays, uh, Strategies for Success with Pastor Sean at noon. Uh, Tuesday night prayer at 8 p.m. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study, you know we're here for that, but right now we're doing partnership classes. Tonight we'll be talking about partnership lesson number five, which is going to be over church authority. Okay. Uh, and then on Thursdays we have Ignite and Victory Zone. So make sure that you guys get your kids plugged in. Victory Zone, you can visit www.focchurch.com and uh, Take advantage of our on-demand lessons there for Victory Zone. And I'll be honest with you, Pastor Nietzsche taught this last one. We're doing a series right now, Victory Zone, called Emotions. And this first one was over anger. And, it, and she talks about how emotions in them of themselves are neutral. But it's what we do with those emotions when we're feeling certain ways that end up causing a problem where we may sin. It's both a great lesson for uh for adults and kids, but it really is a great thing to get your kids plugged into. Uh, I have Aiden and Ava and Major watch it and we talk about it, but it's really good. And so I really encourage you because as an educator who deals with alternative education and non-traditional learning, uh, emotions are a big thing that kids have to deal with. And, and even what we're going through now with kids, uh, with the pandemic and having to be at school some days and then uh, they're pivoting to virtual learning. I mean, as adults, we think it's stressful stressful to us, but it's also new and different for them. So helping them learn how to do that. So uh, definitely uh, go take a look at emotion series uh, by, by Victory Zone. And then Ignite on Thursdays, you can also get the information there at focchurch.com, all right? And so uh, make sure you check that out. That is gonna be good. Uh, so, with that, we're, we're six minutes in. I want to make sure I save my time tonight for the actual lesson. Uh, let me see if there are any other announcements I need to make. You guys know we, we're talking about partnership tonight. So, you know, you can go to FOC and uh, check out the partnership link anytime throughout the night. Just go to focchurch.com and you can become a partner. And then, you know, there's also many different ways to give uh, through Givelify, Pushpay, Tidly, and text the word give to 833-969-0897, all right? So tonight we're going to be talking about church authority, all right? And it's not one of those uh, conversations that, that's lovely and people love to talk about uh, because honestly, if you, you look at a lot of things that I've been reading uh, over the internet and things like that, people have serious issues with authority in general, you know? Uh, you see it from the school, you see it in families, you see it in society. People don't like being told what to do or even being advised on what's best for their life. Because at the end of the day, what we want to do is we want to be the Lord of our own life. We want to be self-governing. We want to be the ones that have the ability to say, this is what I want to do when I want to do it. And then we have the nerves to not want any consequences for doing things that's outside the kingdom or that or breaks the law. Like I'm upset that I was going 85 and got a ticket. Now that didn't really happen, but sometimes we have the nerves to, to like, hey, why in the world he pulled me over? All these other cars going 85, why am I the one getting pulled over? You're the one that he saw or she saw breaking the law and you're the one that got pulled over. If you didn't want to get pulled over, what you need to do is operate under the authority in which you were given. What authority is that to go 75 miles per hour on the interstate in Arkansas? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about why is authority needed? We're going to talk about the ways that Satan tries to usurp the authority in the church and how that impacts you. Okay, so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. All right, I was catching up on the comments. So first of all, before we get started, we need we need to establish this. God alone is the ultimate authority. God alone is the ultimate authority, and God delegates authority to other people. So God is the ultimate authority who he's the king, right? And he has delegated authority to other individuals throughout the throughout the earth. And so in, in essence, when he said the church, the church was not established to, was established to be a replica 
of the kingdom. And so what he did, God delegated people, uh, the fivefold ministry to run the church. So Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, they serve as our pastors over the church because that's who God has delegated to run FOC. And so before I even get into this a whole lot, I want to establish a, uh, a few things. All right. So as an extension of the kingdom, the church operates just like a theocracy. The church is not a democracy. We don't get to come and vote people in and vote people out. The church is a theocracy. The church was set up by God, and then he delegates men and women to run his the churches in this earth or to run things in this earth. And so what we have to understand is, is that's how it's set up. Uh, now you have the elders and the deans of the church uh, and they have roles within the ministry as well, okay? Um, but we have to understand that when I was called or when you were called to FOC, when you, uh, if God called you to this ministry, I trust God. And because I trust God, then now I trust the people that God has placed in authority over FOC. And so what I want to tell you is this, that this Whatever church you go to, whether it's FLC or you're just listening to the message tonight, you got to make sure that the place that you're called to is the place that God told you to be at, because you'll never sit under authority and listen to people and trust people if God has not told you to be there. Uh, because when they actually, when they're telling you about the blessings, when they're telling you about uh, this is a year of great harvest, when they're telling you that you're the head and not the tail, you're going to eat all of that up. But when they tell you that you need to fast, when they tell you you need to pray more, when they tell you you need to be on time for church, those are the things that you're going to want to self-govern on. Why? Because it makes you uncomfortable. It puts you in a position where you may not like to be at church on time. You may feel like it's okay to be 15 minutes late. You may feel like it's okay not to participate and give back to the ministry. You may think it's okay to be parasitic, right? Just to come take, take, take and not give anything back. You may think it's okay to live a certain way when at the end of the day, it's not what the Bible said, the way the Bible says live, but you ain't getting mad at God. You're getting mad, mad at the man or the woman of God who is telling you that that's not right. And so that's why it's important that we all hear God for ourselves, because when we can hear God for ourselves, and when I hear God say, hey, I've called you to FOC, this is your church home, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are your pastors. Uh, they're your spiritual leaders, then I trust the I trust God. And because I trust God, I trust the Stricklands. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's easy for me to submit to the Stricklands because submitting to the Stricklands is in essence submitting to God. And so I'll follow them as they follow God. And here's the thing that you got to understand is that I can't use their humanity to be disobedient to God. So many times we'll put past and, I, and we'll get to the uh, we'll get to it all. But I, I just want to preface this. So many times. We make pastors God. We make we put them on this pedestal and we allow their humanity cause us to to then run away from the church or cause us to disobey God. So Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, they're me, they're they're a man and a woman. They have a human aspect. They're gonna miss it sometimes. But if God called me to FOC, I don't get to leave FOC because of their humanity. So if they did something that was not of God, I don't get now to run away just because they didn't do it. Think about it in your family. If every time you showed your humanity, you showed your earthly side and your kids saw it, your kids don't just get to say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. I, I won't ever live in this house again because you you cussed me or you you cheated on this or you lied about this. If your kids started talking crazy to you because you exemplified humanity, you'll probably pop them in the mouth, right? Because so so what I'm saying is just because somebody shows a human characteristic doesn't give us a right to usurp authority and to disobey God because we're all human, right? We're all human. And you get that in your family, all right? And so before we ever started, I want to make sure that we understand who I'm talking to tonight. I am talking to people who are called to be a partner to this ministry. I'm talking to people who are called to be partners of the ministries that you're in. And so you got to make sure that you've been called to that place because the FOC, we want every partner that God has called to come into this house. But if God ain't told you to be here, then this may not be the place for you. We ain't perfect for everybody, but we're perfect for the 5,000 God has called for us all around the world, all right? 
And so, so I submit to their authority until God tells me to do something different. And so, so because we got so many, I mean, and, and, and pastors around the world, they make mistakes. They do things, right? Uh, and, and they're not perfect. And so tonight we're not going to talk about, when I'm talking about church authority, it's so many examples I know you can come up with. The, the old Baptist priest, I mean, I grew up Baptist. I think I saw three or four pastors get voted out, right? I was kind of young, so I probably didn't know the ins and outs of everything and why they were voted out. But but anyway, I saw that. Uh and, and, and so when, when a lot of times when we come into the body of Christ, we come in with this democratic mindset. We come in with this whole thing where if they somebody doesn't do something the way we want it done, then we feel like we have the right to voice an opinion. And there's nothing wrong with voicing opinion, but there's a difference in dissent and, and, and disagreeing and rebellion. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But what I'm talking about tonight is if God has called you to the place that you say God has called you to, then the fact that somebody shows humanity doesn't give you the right to disobey God and go anywhere else. You submit to God and you submit to authority until God tells you to do something different. Okay. All right. And once again, the example to that is your kids. You expect for them to submit to you no matter how many times you 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 fail, right? But that that that's what we're talking about when we're talking about church authority. Church authority or church government has been defined as this. All right. So now that we got all that out the way, right? I'm talking to people that God that you say that God called you to partner with this ministry, or God has called you to be in the house that you're in, right? Those are the people I'm talking to. I ain't talking to those people who don't know where you should be and you're just running around. You may not be the person I'm talking to right now, but I am talking to those who, who say, God has called me to be here, right? You heard God. All right. I was reading a comment. Uh, yeah, there probably be some crazy comments about what happened to pastors over the way. All right. So number one, church authority or church government has been defined as this. It's the exercise of government or an organization or institution. All right. It's, it's direction, it's rule, it's management. It's a system of ruling, an established system of administration by which a body is governed. All right. So that's what church authority is. So when we're talking about church authority and, and you get you get it everywhere, everywhere you go in the city you live in, there's a mayor. Right. Because that person is given authority. Now, that person is voted in, but that person is given authority over that city. And in every city you live in, there may be some different things that take place. But in the church, everything comes from God. He is the ultimate authority who has placed men and women in authority so that the church can be established, so that the kingdom of God can be exemplified in the church because a church is just an expansion of the kingdom. And so every church you see should resemble the kingdom of God in the way that it's ran. And you don't get to come in telling God what's going to happen. The people that God has placed there are the people that God needs there. And then if they are operating outside of their character, then there's an established way in which they are reprimanded, not reprimanded, there's an established way in which they are uh, talk to about their character, about their behavior, right? And so church authority or church government, that's what it is. And we recognize that the church as God's house, the church is God's house. It's not Pastor Edwin's house. It's not Pastor Sean's house, Pastor Chris or Pastor Raph's house. It is God's house. So anything that we do in FOC, it is something that God has instructed us to do. All right. And so it's kind of like when Pastor Edwin talked about the sound, right? Me and him got together and he said, yeah, let's get this sound. And we had the quote in hand. We we're ready to, ready to make the purchase. I had called to verify that it was really good prices and everything. And God said, no, if Pastor Edwin usurped God's authority, we would have spent several thousands of dollars on equipment that we would never have used, right? But because he listened to God, because why? It's God's church. So your pastor, your man and woman of God who runs the ministry, they are, they are under authority themselves. And so we then are under their authority because God has placed them to show us the places in our life and to help us grow up, all right? So that's church authority defined. Now, 
one of the most controversial and divisive areas in the search subject of church government is that everybody thinks they have a vote. Go ahead and type this, say the church is not a democracy. The church is not a democracy. We get so accustomed to living in the United States in which, like I called the governor today. I, I called the governor's office, somebody answered. I said, hey, my name's Raphael Marlowe. I'm a constituent. constituent. I live in Conway, Arkansas, and I just want you to know I won't, uh, I personally uh, think the governor should veto bill SB 24, right? I called the church. Why? Because in the United, I mean, I called the church, I called the governor. Why? Because as a citizen, I have that right because we live in democracy. Democracy. So what has happened is you, you are so used to living a life where your opinion, you feel like you should always be able to give an opinion. You feel like not only should your opinion be given, but it should be heard. Uh, you feel like you all, every time you got something to say that it, it has to be heard, right? You're accustomed to democracy. You're accustomed to having a vote. You're accustomed to all those things. But the church is not a democracy. The church is a replica of the kingdom of God. The church is a theocracy. And we'll talk about what that is, that we're theo meaning God, ocracy meaning rule. So that means God's rule. The church is ran that way, right? And so... Uh, with that, people come into the church and a lot of times they get offended because people, the pastors or the elders or whoever, aren't doing the things that they feel like they should do, right? And, and, it, and we're just going to get out of order today. We're going to talk about a few ways that Satan usurps authority in the church, right? Here's one way that people come into the church and they, they get offended because of financial priority syndrome, all right? You think that 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 FOC should be giving all their money to the whales in Africa and doing mission trips and things like that. So in your mind, you like, oh, that's well intended. The church should be managing the money this way. They should be giving to the poor and they should be doing all these things. And then, but that's not what God has called Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean to do. He's called us to give scholarships. He, not that we don't help the poor, not that we don't give to ministries that do, do missions or anything like that. That's not the focus of this ministry, right? And so people come in and they begin to badmouth the pastor. They begin to usurp authority because they think uh, financial priority should be a certain way. It's just one way that people come in and begin to override church authority because even the enemy plays you into thinking the same way that he played Judas a scare. I mean Judas, uh, he played you into thinking that what you're doing is good. I mean you you're out here advocating for people to to get money for food. You're advocating for missions. You're advocating for this, but you got to understand it. Every church, every part of the church may be different. So the vision of this church is scholarship. The vision of this church is to help be benevolent, but it's in the way that God has commanded our pastors to do it. And so you can't be one of those people who, who come into the ministry because your old church was all about missions and think that this church got to be about missions. Baby, you got to understand the vision of this house given by God to Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean so that you may be one who don't come in here trying to usurp authority because that's just not what we do around here. Because anytime a house is divided, it's going to fall. And so what we like is everybody on the same page. When we're all on the same page, when we're all in agreement, we can all accelerate to the place that God has called us to be. All right. So refuse to be a person who usurps authority by focusing on finances. All right. So let's get back. Matthew, 20, Matthew 12 and 25 says this. Now, Jesus supernaturally perceived their thoughts and motives. So he confronted them by telling them this parable. Any kingdom that fights against itself will end up in ruins. And any family or community splintered by strife will fall apart. So if Satan casts out Satan, he is making war on himself. How then could this kingdom survive? And the church is likened to God's house. And we talked about that. The church is God's city. The church is a representation of God's kingdom. And so how can the church survive if people within the church is fighting? 
because of division, because Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean said, we are a church about scholarship. And then you got a group of members like, no, we need to be focused on missions. Well, here's the thing. God rules. God placed Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean there. So the vision that he gave them is a vision that we're going after. Scholarship is where we're going. And if you can't get with that, instead of causing hell within the church, just find your new place, right? Because, or or talk to Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean or, 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 or Elder or somebody in the ministry and talk about, okay, because you can disagree without being a rebellion, right? You can disagree. You can say, okay, I don't agree with the amount of money that this ministry gives towards scholarships. I think it should go somewhere else. However, would you please help me understand the purpose for which this happened? That's disagreement, right? I've been in the church uh, with Pastor Edwin. I think this is year, this would be year 20 for me that I've been in this ministry, right? Do you think we have always agreed on everything that has happened over the 20 years? Absolutely not, right? Uh, because in this ministry, we don't look for copycats. We don't all think alike. So there may be things you just fundamentally think are different, right? So, but we talk about it. And so why? Because you can disagree without being a rebellion. Because when you begin to rebel, what you're beginning to do, you're wanting to cause division within the church in order to usurp authority because you got, probably got a spirit. I don't say probably got a spirit. You're, you're being deceived by the enemy to think that what you're doing is good. But in essence, what you're doing is exactly what's talked about in Matthew 12. You're causing the church to fall because you're dividing it. And how many church splits? I mean, I think I know of three growing up people church churches splitting because of money. Right. That's a big one because of money, because because of ideology, because somebody did something that somebody else didn't didn't like, you know, because uh, you do have a spirit because uh, I was studying because of uh, the which one is it? Absalom. All right. And I'm out of order. Well, you don't know I'm out of order because you don't see my notes. So it doesn't matter. All right. So. So th there's a spirit, there's a syndrome, uh, this thing called it syndrome. It's the second in command syndrome, right? So you got so many people who are second in command, but they feel like they could do a better job than a leader themselves. And so instead of being in the place that God called them to be, they look for ways to usurp the authority of the leader. Man, you not only see this in the church, you see it in business, you see it on your job, you see it everywhere. Why? Right? Because if you're not careful and you don't play the role that God has called you to play within the ministry, within the corporation, within the place, within the family that God has called you to be in, then what you begin to do is try to usurp the authority of the person God has called to lead that place. And that's how a lot of times you find church splits and things like that happening because people won't stay in the place that God has called them. They always want to be the person up front. They always want to be the, part, the center of attention. That's just a spirit that's trying to draw and to divide. And it's been so successful in so many ministries because people don't understand that when I obey God and I become the, I'm the custodian, I'm the praise team leader, I, I work in children's church or I do whatever, wherever I'm called within the ministry is the place that God has called me, then I'm going to be blessed there. But when I begin to try to covet, to when I begin to operate in pride, when I begin to self-govern and I begin to go after something that God didn't tell me to have, what I begin to do is cause division within the church. And when I become cause division in the church, then something has to be done about it. Something has to be done about that. All right. And you can read about Absalom in 2 Samuel 15, but it's David's son. Absalom leveraged his leadership position in Israel to utilize the satanic tactic of stealing the hearts of the people away from his father. So, so he was going after his father. I mean, think about that. He was so he was going after his father. He, he was within, so think about it, somebody within the church, sweet talking people, winning people over only to cause a divide within the ministry because they can't stay in their place. They all, they want to be the one uh, that's in charge. They want to be the one that's at the center of attention, right? 
So that, that's, that's, that's a second way that the enemy usurps the authority within the church. We talked about financials. We talked about that need to be the person in control, that need to be in the front. That need, And then here's the thing about it is that the enemy will make you think that what you're doing is good. Well, Pastor Edwin don't care for people the way that I care for people. I mean, he doesn't want he doesn't call people and 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 check on them. He doesn't hug them. He'll have the enemy will have you twisted in your mind to think that the thing, very thing that you're doing is for the benefit of the people, but at the same time, it isn't. It isn't at all because you're not in your place. All right. So the church has been divided when it comes to government. This is one of the reasons why the church has not been able to stand against the kingdom of Satan as effectively as we should be. Satan attacks all forms of government or authority that is ordained by God. All right. That is ordained by God. All right. I'm going to repeat the comment that they put up. Remember that all that follow Absalom suffered that great loss. And we don't play that mess at FOC. I mean, look, look at Satan when he thought that he could be like God, him and all his angels. What happened? They were immediately dismissed. Uh, and, and that's how we feel about an FOC. You can be immediately dismissed because that's not what we do here. That's not what we do here. All right. There is order. And, and part of it is because there's no order in people's families, they don't uh, understand order anywhere else. Uh, your kids are rebels. You were a rebel. That that spirit has gone down from generation to generation. All right, it's gone down from generation to generation. You don't want to obey authority because you don't even do it at home. You don't do it on your job. You didn't do it with your parents. You did whatever you wanted to do. You've been self-governing ever since that you realized that you can make decisions for yourself. So now you bring all of that spirit, you bring all of that mess, all of that characteristics, all of those traditions, all of that habit all of those habits into the church and you like, I'm not going to listen to the man or woman of God. Well, just go somewhere else. But like I said, don't come over here creating division, starting starting problems because you can't get in, you can't check yourself. Because the real thing is you want Jesus to be savior, but you don't want him to be Lord. Because if you said that this is the house that God has called you to, then God calling you to this house knew the characteristics of Pastor Edwin and Pastor Shun. God calling you to this house uh, meant that he knew the vision of this house. God calling you to this house meant that he knew the mission of this house. So when God called you to this place, he knew everything about FOC and he still called you here. That's why I laid out the preface, right? That's why I told you I'm talking to those who got, who you say God has called you here. Because if you say God has called you here, then you understand that when words come across that you don't like, you understand they still for you because this is the house that God has called you to. And I won't abandon my obedience to God because of the humanity of leadership. What does that mean, Ralph? Ralph? So if leadership messes up. That doesn't give me a right to abandon the obedience, obey God. That doesn't give me the right to walk away. That doesn't give me the right to quit. All right. That doesn't give me the right to talk about my man or woman of God and, and, and while they're exhibiting the humanity that they may have exhibited, why they may have fallen short of God. Why? Because I don't exalt my pastors uh, high like that. God is the ultimate authority. And I pray for my pastors because they are human, just like I am. I pray for my pastors because they encounter trials just like I do. I pray and I fast for my pastors because they need to be strengthened because they're not only are they dealing with their issues, they're not not only are they dealing with their kids, not only they're dealing with the whole ministry, and then we expect for them to live these perfect lives and never show weakness, never get tired, never be exhausted, always have enough, always give us a word when we need a word, always have the energy to come to every situation, every funeral and everything else like that. We want them to do all of that and be perfect at it. And when they don't, we use it as an excuse to abandon what God has called us to do. I will not let somebody's humanity cause me to obey what God has called me to do. And so that's why we find ourselves, a lot of church leaders find themselves, I mean, if you look at it, some of them committing suicide, some of them, I mean, they're suffering from depression, they're doing all these things because the expectations of them 
are so high because they don't because the people that serve under them that don't understand that God has placed them in authority, but in that authority, we are to support them. We are to help them. We are to pray for them. We are to intercede on their behalf. We are to make their life easy. How? Because I get under them and I fulfill the vision of the house and I don't cause division. Why? Because I understand. Yeah, I like that nature. Pray a hush. Pray or hush, right? Pray or hush. Because some of us, this is the third way that the enemy uh, uses people to usurp authority in the church. Uh, if you remember in Genesis 9, 20 through 29, it's when Noah, Noah had got drunk, right? And he was naked. And his son Ham uh, came in there and saw him and uncovered his father. And, it point, and then he went and told his brothers about it. Uh, and it says, as a result, Ham and his descendants were all cursed by God, uh, even though. And so the thing is, when I may see a person in authority, a person in leadership make a mistake, it isn't my job to go uncover that and then go to tell everybody about that. I go to them as, as another brother in Christ and I talk to them about that mistake. Uh, and then if they don't listen, then I follow the chain of, chain of commands. I get another brother and we go talk to him, right? But 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 what we have done, we have thrown our men and women of God away for the very small things that they have done. Your men and women of God counseled you through the very thing they, they are now going through, and now you throwing them away. You throwing them away. Where was the forgiveness that you wanted, right? Where was the where was the grace that you wanted, right? But now we can't have grace for anybody. We can't have grace for them, right? So that's just a side note as we talk about this, all right? So it is Satan's job, right? It it is what he wants. It, it he is very happy when he he's able to create a situation of lawlessness, right? Uh, it's his desire to produce chaos is his desire to produce the, uh, division in the church. It says rejecting the government is rejecting the divine authority of God, which he himself established to govern us. He who does not submit to authority sets himself up as a as authority. So going back to that whole rebellious thing, right? Uh, and I use family a lot as a comparison. That's just, that's just how God talks to me. If I Aiden doesn't get to come in my house and tell me what's going to happen. God has called me to be leader of this house. And, 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 and Aiden can't come in here saying, oh, I, I just don't think we should use the money that way, Dad. I don't I don't think we should be saving that. I think we should go buy a, a moped. I think we should go buy this. No, that ain't how that works. That's, that's, that's just not how that's set up. God has set up authority. He has set up leadership. He has set up a kingdom and he set up a government. And part of that government is pastors, it's apostles. All right. It's, it's the fivefold ministry. And in, in the FOC, that government is Pastor Edward and Pastor Sean. They are the leaders in our ministry. Right. And so when I decide to do something, uh, that contradicts the vision of this ministry, that contradicts the mission of this ministry, that contradicts a word that's come across the pulpit of this ministry. What I am now doing is saying I am a self-governing individual. You think you're just disobeying the word that came across. You're not disobeying Pastor Edward and Pastor Sean. You're disobeying God. Well, Ralph, how am I disobeying God? God establishes authority. And so when I disobey the things or I don't do the things that that, that I, my man and woman of God have suggested for me to do, it's not that I'm just looking at Pastor Ellen and, and saying, oh, you just another man like I am. Like you just you turn uh, 40, 49 this year. Uh, I'm 30. I'll be 38. Hey, you're even 11 years older than me. So, I mean, you ain't old enough to be my daddy anyway. You ain't old enough. Tell me what to do anyway, right? What what is that? That is another way that the enemy comes in and you uh, causes usurp of authority. It's called spiritual equality syndrome, right? 
And you can look at it when you talk about Miriam and Aaron, uh, when they almost led a rebellion against Moses based off their assumption that they could hear God just like Moses. So they began to see themselves equal to Moses. They was like, man, I can hear God just like Moses can hear God. So, I mean, I can get this done. And so you begin to take on that personality that I am equal with your man and woman of God. You got to understand this. I've been with Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean for a long time, right? I, I, uh, we've joked around, we've played, we've done all this stuff. Uh, and, and, and I consider uh, them to be great people, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, they're my pastors. They could be my friend. They could be my mentor. They could be my laughing buddy. They could be everything else, but what they are in my life, and they are my pastors. And because you put people in their proper place, it keeps you from going to that place where you think you equal with them. It doesn't matter if you're older than them. Uh, it doesn't matter if you've been a seminary and they haven't been a seminary. None of that matters. When you understand where God has called you to, then God has called you here, meaning that God has placed you under their authority. All right. So so that spiritual equality syndrome, you can't allow that to come in and cause you to think that, that the past is your friend. Even if me and past Edwin are friends, even if that's the case, you know what? He may be my friend, but in the list of priorities, he's my pastor first. And because I know where God has called us in our relationship, uh, He's my man of God. So if he never passed an FOC for me until God tells me that he ain't my man of God, then it really don't matter to me. He can go to Antarctica and I'll be like, okay, God, all right, what are we going to do? He's still my man of God. So I'm still going to look for him for spiritual guidance, right? So God could call you to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean. They could call you, God could call you to Fellowship of Champions. But either way, whatever he does, he's told you to do, him being God, you got to submit. All right. So I won't get caught up with spiritual equality. Let me read this to you. It says, though it is true that the spirit of God speaks to all who are children of God, the guidance for a church is not promised to anyone except to the senior leader and under their direction, the elders of the church. Right. So even if you think you hear from God, all right, we all hear from God. We all hear from God, right? Because if you ever talk to Pastor Evan or Pastor Sean or hear any of us teach or ask us a question, the one of the first things that you'll probably be asked is, what did God say? We are not a ministry that expects for you to blindly follow anything that we say. We expect for you to study your word. We expect for you to know what the Bible says. We expect for you to hear from God. We expect for you to pray in, pray in the Holy Spirit so that you could pray in his perfect language and you'll know exact, you can understand exactly what God has for your life. We don't expect for you to depend on us. That's not your job. Our job our job as leaders, Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean's job as our senior pastors in this ministry is not to be our God. It's to be our God. It's to see the blind spots in our life so that they we can help us to grow up. It's to drive out all the foolishness that we encounter that we don't even see that we operate in. That's their job. But when we begin to make pastors our God, that's why we get so hurt when they fall because you put them in the wrong place in the first place. So I won't have spiritual equality. I understand my place. I understand that though I may be older than the church leader, though I may have feel like I have more knowledge than the church leader, though I may be whatever filling a blank about the church leader, I understand that I am still not equal with them because if God has called me to this house. He has called me to submit to authority. All right. All right, so let's keep going. I said, say led an angelic revolt against God's government. We all know how that ended, right? When Satan, <laughs> he tried to uh, overthrow things. We know how that ended. It, the earth became dark and without form. It was void, right? Satan was cast into the earth, all right? Because God don't play no games with that. And just like God didn't play any games with somebody in heaven trying to cause division, we don't play games like that here in the ministry, right? 
if that is something that we see, you can expect that somebody going to have a conversation with you, right? You don't get to come into this house and cause division and think that nobody going to talk to you about. That's just not how that's just not how it's going to work, right? It's it's just not. Why? Because we're going to we we have to give uh, our word to God on how we ran the kingdom. And so what king, what authority lets somebody else come into their place and cause all this division? All right. It's just not, that's just not how it works. Right. So let's talk about this because we're, we're talking, we'll talk about the spirits. We're, we're spower those in as we continue to talk. What were we at on time? Okay. Uh, government is our God ordained. Government is God ordained. The powers that be are ordained of God. God has ordained that law and order exercise in society and church through appointed authorities. We have been talking about this all the way through. You can go over to Romans 13. I'll read verse one for you. Government is God ordained. That's from the Bible. All right. You don't got to argue with Ralph about it. That He don't know what he's talking about. Go to the Bible. Argue with God. It says the powers that be are ordained of God. God has ordained that law and order exercise in society and church through appointed authority. That's what the Bible says. So the fact that Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean are the senior pastors of Fellowship of Champions is not because they just woke up one day and they were voted in because Democratic, we came to a poll and thought they should be. They're ordained by God to be there. All right. And they'll be there until God tell them to do something different. All right. And government shall be upon his shoulders. I'm not, uh, if you go read that, man, it says the government shall be upon his shoulders and it should be forever. And it's Isaiah 6, Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 9. It says, a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Listen to this. His government and its peace will never end. See, you think that government is to keep you from something. You think that government is to cause you to, to walk blindly like sheep. Baby, government is there to keep the peace. So, so Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, the things that they're doing for us is allowing us to have peace. What's that word peace mean? Shalom. What's shalom? Nothing missing and nothing broken. So when I'm able to come into the ministry and I submit to the authority, even the things that I, I mean, I didn't, every day in February, it was some times I wanted to eat some cake, right? It was some times I wanted to do something that I may not have felt like doing. I mean, over 20 years, it's been several times uh, I wanted to do something that, that I didn't get to, I didn't get to do whatever uh, on the sake of the minister, right? But, and at, at times my flesh might have felt like it was unfair. At times it might have felt like that, that why do I got to do this? But what you understand about authority when you submit to it is designed to keep the peace. It's designed to get me to a place, place of nothing missing and nothing broken. And so when I begin, when you begin to submit to authority, and, and please hear me out on this, and, 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 and I hear God, it's the same way on your job. Like you, you, you experience hell on your job a lot of times because number one, you bring it. All right. Let's just be real. You looking at everybody else on your job, but you're the one causing all them issues. All right. But you bring that into your house. I mean, because we're talking about church, but let's talk about family. Let's talk about your workplace. I mean, your family, it has authority issues. Right. You, 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 you got rebellious kids because you're a rebel. The same thing you see in your kids. Uh, that it's just what's in you. And so if you're tired of seeing rebellious kids, if you're tired of disobedience, if you're tired of a lot of that stuff, I'm not saying that all of it's tied to you, but I am saying that they live with you. I am saying that they are a product of your DNA. I am saying that the person they spend the most time with is you. The person that they mold their life is about you. Sometimes I look at my son and I just say, God, I got some questions for you because he didn't even know he wasn't around when I was a kid. He didn't know the things that I did as a kid. How in the world is he doing the exact same things that I did as a kid? Why? I mean, God, what is it in DNA that we don't know? Because I'm telling you, I can look at Aiden. I said, oh, my gosh, I, I did that same thing as a kid. 
how in the world is he replicating that? Because there are things that we're passing on to our kids that science hadn't caught up yet with yet. There are some things that we're passing on to them that, that biology doesn't yet comprehend. But I'm telling you that you got to break all of those curses that you begin, because when you begin to look at your kids, I mean, they're your seed. So dig it up and declare something new. Dig it up and declare something new. All right, dig it up and declare something new. Make a new confession over that. But anyway, the government of God is, 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 has been established and the weight of it is on his shoulders. And the Bible says in Isaiah that that government is to bring us peace that will never end. All right. It says he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Lord, the Lord has spoken out against Jacob. His judgment has fallen upon Israel and the people of Israel and Samaria who spoke with such pride and arrogance will soon know it. So government and the universe is ordained by God. So Church authority isn't something we're making up so that people will just come into a ministry and just sit there and listen. No, that's something that has been ordained by God. Once again, that was Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 9, and I read out a New Living Translation, all right? So God has said in the church government for steering, piloting, and directing his purpose in the world, all right? That's the purpose of it, to steer, pilot, and direct his purpose in the world. 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, you can go there and read it. It says, here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Apostles, prophets, teachers, uh, them who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, who can help others, who can gift the leadership and to speak in unknown languages. God has equipped the church with tools. But if you're not willing to submit to authority, you won't even get the benefit of the tool. All right. It, it, it's like this. Uh, you can come to FOC and never receive anything. You can sit beside somebody who receives healing, who receives breakthrough, who receives deliverance while you didn't encounter anything. And the difference is their posture concerning the word that came forth. I submit to the word. I receive it with good ground. I know that God loves me and the things that he has called me to do in this ministry and the places this ministry is going, I submit to that. But what you're doing is that you're secretly rebelling in your heart that, hey, this isn't really the year of great harvest because you know what? Uh, my bank account's still big. This ain't really, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean, they just be making up these words. This word really isn't real. Uh, this ain't, I mean, the whole fact to hold on to these words, right? I love it. I got it right here on my wall. Hold on to the words which I've given you, the words that you have used to guide you through this year. Stand firm and be prepared to receive all that I'll reveal to you in the uh, days and months ahead, right? You're like, oh, that's just came from Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean. There go that equality syndrome. There you go, making them merely a man. Now, they are men, but they hear from God, right? So, but there you go, just making them ordinary. And when you see them as ordinary, you don't put authority in its proper place, then you don't respect it. And because you don't respect it, you're not humble. You don't submit to it. And where there is no submission, you will self-govern. And therefore you miss out on the thing that God has for you. You miss out on it. Why? Because you let rebellion, start, uh, you let rebellion enter in. Self-governing is simply rebellion. Self-governing is simply rebellion. All right. Let's keep rolling. All right. So let's go. Let's talk about another way. Because uh, I, I found these, uh, our pastors are not ordinary. You're right, uh, Pastor Chris. They're not ordinary. They are the perfect pastors for Fellowship of Champions. They are the perfect pastors. Hear me. They are the perfect pastors for Fellowship of Champions. They may not be perfect for everybody else, but baby, they perfect for us. They're going to help us grow up. They're going to challenge us to live our best life. They're going to give us words to, to drive out all that immaturity. They're going to help us move from Similac to baby food to, to, to the little, little things you can pick up and dissolve in your mouth to eating a plate to fixing our food and understanding it all on our own. They're going to move us 
from dependency to total independence to the point that we can hear God for ourselves and we no longer have to call them for help. And we're now helping other people in the ministry because that's what it's all about. Authority is designed so that the city may run effectively. It's designed so that everybody may be taken care of. In any community, there always has to be a person that's in authority so that it can run. All right. So let's talk about, uh, we talked about spiritual equality. We talked about uh, uncovering their weakness with Ham. Uh, let's talk about the multiple agenda real quick. So some people are, 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 are thrown off because what they do, I like that. We're not, so I'm not a baby because babies are the ones that rebel. And we got 40-year-old babies. We got 50-year-old babies. We got 12-year-old babies. Because anytime something don't go the way you think it should go, you want to rebel. You, because some of us, some of you, some of you if it, you just wouldn't look crazy, uh, you'll be on, the, on your belly just kicking, just kicking. Your feet in the air, your hands in the air, because it's not going the way you want it to go because you don't want to submit. You, and I talk about some of the practical things. You don't want to be on time. You, you don't show up for work on time. You don't show up for uh, church on time. There's simple things, right? You want the best that your job got to offer. You want the best that God has to offer, but you don't, you don't give on time. You don't sow on time. You don't respond to the word on time, but you still want the best that God has to offer. You want God to show up on time when you want. You want your husband, you want your wife to show up on time when you don't show up on time. You want people to answer the phone when you don't answer the phone. You are wanting to harvest seeds that you never planted. And then what rebellion I have you thinking is this, that you're okay in your in your wrong act, in your inaction. You're okay. It's okay. Why? Because uh, you do help them, right? You, you you do do you do do X you do do Y but you didn't do it when you were asked to do it like like I'm not rewarding Aiden for taking out the trash on Friday when I told him to do it on Monday like like no that ain't happening but what we want we want people to see us we want and, and, and let me help you let me help you let me help you grow up tonight pastor don't gotta pat you on the back for being obedient to the word. Nobody got to, nobody should got to, nobody got to congratulate you for, for doing the minimum. The Bible says in Romans 12, uh, be renewed by the, I mean, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He tells us to, uh, that, 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 man, I just went blank. Wow. Anyway, the end of it says, this is your reasonable service, right? Your reasonable service. See, see what you want, you want people patting you on the back for, for, for C work. You, you want people congratulating you and, and saying you're doing a great job for C work. You you want you want your boss coming out the office talking about how great you did for C work, baby. That's the least you can do is show up on time. The least you can do is obey the the authority that God. I mean, authority that God has given a man and woman to God. That's that's your reasonable service. You're not doing anything spectacular when you obey God. You're not doing anything spectacular when you do the things that he wants. You want to be congratulated. You want to be lifted up for doing the reasonable service. It's reasonable to read your Bible, to listen to the word. You want everybody to see you going through, baby. God is growing you up. This is about maturity. That whole spirit to rebel. That I mean, and self-governance is about your own life and receiving him as Lord, right? Receiving him as Lord. Because when you, it all goes back to that, all right? I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart. So I confess, I see that God is Savior but I receive him as Lord because when you receive him as Lord, church authority ain't an issue for you because you understand that I'm obeying God every time I obey my pastor. 
All right. Every time I walk out the vision of FOC, every time I do, I, I go to, I make a children's church video. That's not for Pastor Evelyn. That's not for Pastor Sean. That's not for children's church. I mean, yeah, that is for them, but it is for God. And so when you begin to put, and, and the reason I say that is that some people will be doing things into church. And what happens is if the pastor's not patting you on the back, if the pastor's not congratulating you, if nobody's saying your name across the pulpit and saying thank you and all that, you quit doing what you're doing. But baby, you weren't doing it for God anyway. You was doing it for man. And you was doing it, and not even a man of the house, you was doing it for your own self. Because at the end of the day, your self-governing self begins to say, do this. And then when your self-governing said, said, do this, yourself always wants to be congratulated. That's flesh. That's just flesh. That's just flesh. And that's how you get worn out because you begin to do what God has called you to do through your flesh. What should be what should be done through devotion is simply now become duty. All right. What do you mean, Ralph? And this happens in marriage and it happens with God. So I because I'm devoted to God, because I love God. God, because he is the, the priority in my life, because I know his love towards me, I act. I do things because I know how much he loves me and I love him back. And out of that love, I perform actions, right? But what has happened is we have put duty before devotion. And so we're beginning to act out things without doing it from the place of love. So now I just come to church, not because I love God, because it's just the right thing to do. Now I read my Bible, not because I love God, just because I need to do it. I'm giving, not out of devotion to my love for God, but I'm just doing it out of duty. And because you're doing it out of duty, then what happens is you begin to get exhausted. That's what happens in false marriages. You begin to begin, become so focused on duty, then you, you forget about love. I, I do for my wife because I love her. I, I just don't be her husband because that's what I got to do. That's my duty. It's because I'm devoted to her. I am driven to act by love from God. I'm driven to act by my love for my wife, for my love for my kids. But anytime you put duty before devotion, what happens is exhaustion and you begin to sin and you, you begin to grow weary and you rebel against God because of things that you are needing to get out of that relationship with God you're not getting because you're not doing it from a place that it's supposed to be done from. All right. I'm not sowing the seed from a place of love because I'm not doing it out of faith. I'm doing it out of duty. I'm doing it out of duty. See, God says that he God responds to faith. He doesn't respond to duty. He doesn't respond to you cleaning up the church. He doesn't respond to you to you because you can clean up church. You can be the pastor of the church. You can be the praise team leader. You can be the drummer. You can do all you can give to the church. But if you don't do it out of faith, then you won't get a response. And so because I do it from a place of devotion, because I because I understand church authority and its importance, because I understand that and I'm devoted to God, I submit easily to the authority within the ministry. And I'm able to do it because I know that God loves me. He'll never ask me to uh, fellowship at FOC if he didn't feel like this was the best place for me. Wow. So because of my devotion to God, then duty now pours out of that. Because of my devotion to God, duty pours out of that. It's not a hard task to do anything. God will teach me how to do anything to make it happen. Why? Because when you become devoted to God and you understand the love that he has for you, then he will anoint you to get anything done. So we out of time, folks. That's right at an hour. We out of time. So, uh, so the so church is not a democracy. It's a theocracy. It is God ruled, right? And we got lots of examples of theocratic government and leaders. And I want you to and when I name the name these people that God appointed, uh, I want you to think about if any of them was perfect: Moses, Aaron, Joshua, David. 
Elisha. We all talking about people that God appointed in authority as church leaders. Why? To continue his government in this earth. None of them was perfect. God knew they wasn't perfect. And I keep harping on that because so many people have church hurt because a man or a woman or whatever happened at church. And, uh, and you, you feel like, uh, I, I don't got to go to church. I mean, I've written posts from people, uh, about pastors this and pastors that. At the end of the day, what's happened is a lot of people have promoted uh, uh, church leaders to places they shouldn't be. God is your God, follow him. What was the first thing I told you? God is the what? He's the ultimate ruler. He's the ultimate leader. He's the ultimate authority. And he delegates authority in this earth. And so just because one pastor hurt your feelings, uh, doesn't mean that you now don't go hear God to find a place that's for you. You didn't stop dating folks when that one boy broke your heart in eighth grade. See, we get it in relationships because our self-governing self want our flesh to be satisfied. You want a boo. So boo number one broke your heart. Boo number 99 broke your heart. Boo thousand and one broke your heart. But guess what? You still gonna get boo thousand and three. But we quit on church the first time a man and woman of God don't do something that we we they don't meet our expectations or they do something that's contrary to what we feel like. It's not even that they didn't hear God. We just felt like it was wrong. Then we quit on church. Why? Because we let our humanity get in the way of our obedience to God. And I just I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that. So as we continue our teaching on partnership and tonight's lesson being church authority, I pray that uh, I pray that you got something from this, that you understand that FOC, we, we don't deal with a bunch of mess. We don't be, we don't deal with division. We don't deal with any of that. Uh, we pray that you hear God when you're called to this ministry and that you're able to sit under the mission and vision of this ministry and that your heart is in agreement with where we're going and, and, the, and how we're going to uh, impact the world for God, all right? You understand that God has, has delegated Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean as senior pastors of this ministry and that we sit under their leadership and their, their authority, their delegation by God giving to them by, I mean, their place given to them by God is for us to help us to do what? What does that government do? did is that government brings what? Peace. So the fact that they are there, God loved us enough to give us a man and woman of God after his own heart so that we can experience peace here on earth. And what's that peace? Shalom. Nothing missing and nothing broken. And so when I submit to God, that's what I, that's what I get. All right. That's what I get. And so I like that. I saw somebody list, list five to one. All right. So, so what I'm saying is, uh, I, I know I know some of y'all have been hurt by people, by, by people, by church folks in the past and things like that. You got to forgive them and you got to allow God to heal that in your heart. You got to be some of y'all just don't trust. You got daddy issues. You got mama issues and you, you have an issue trusting the man and woman of God. Uh, here's what I tell you. I, I Here's what I tell you. When you find yourself in a situation you got to trust God enough that he got your best interest in mind. I'm married today because cause we cause we trusted God. I mean, we, we trusted God. Like, like it ain't that I trust the other person, it's that I trust that God said about the, what God said about the other person. I trust what God said about Edwin and Sean Strickland. I trust what God said about FOC. And because I trust God, I'll follow them like a bullet fired out of a gun with no return. And until God tells me something different. And that's what you need to do about whatever church you're called to. So if you're listening and you're not been called to FOC, whatever ministry you've been called to, you trust that the God that called you to that ministry, that the people in that ministry got your best interest in mind. All right. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Uh, join us uh, tomorrow night for Ignite. Uh, I think it's at 730. You can go to the website, focchurch.com. Uh, join us uh, again on uh, Sunday morning at 930. I'm not sure if Pastor Chris is going to be. Go follow Pastor Chris on Facebook. It's Kristen Valley Worships. Uh, go follow her. So if she's not, we're not going live through uh, StreamYard, you can uh, catch her live by uh, following.
following her on her professional page. It's Kristen Valley Worships. Uh, and then, you know, after that, we'll have the word at 10 a.m. Don't forget to give, guys. Uh, some of y'all are uh, getting income tax and things like that. Uh, and, and what I'll tell you is this, it is always the season to give. Why? Because you always want it to be the season to harvest. And I know I can always expect a harvest because I'm, I'm always sowing. Uh, so get your seed in the ground. You know, you can give Gillify, Tithely, Push Pay, Text to Give, but find yourself giving. Don't forget about the scholarship fund. Make sure you're giving to, giving to that. And, and I'll tell you, make sure uh, that you're hearing God. Don't spend everything that comes into your house. All right. And I'm not sure who that is for, but don't spend everything that comes into your house. All right. Uh, don't spend everything that comes into your house. You give and then you expect God to bring you harvest. Be blessed. Have a great night. I really do love you guys. Uh, if you guys have any questions about tonight's lesson, feel free to send me a message uh, via Facebook. If you got my cell phone number, you can text me uh, and then we'll get those answers. All right. So and save. That's the word right there. So and save. And you can spend while you save, but uh, but I've talked to a couple people, and even if you make a hundred thousand dollars a year, if you spend a hundred thousand and one, you still broke. All right. So it's, sometimes it's not about the matter. I, I heard Pastor Sean teaching the other day about thermos your money mindset, and she was talking to the women. Uh, well, she's talking to whoever's listening. I was listening, but your thermostat is off, so you always feel like. Uh, you got to spend everything that you get, but you don't. You don't. You don't have to spend everything you get. It is okay to save money. It is okay to have more monthly than you have money. It is okay to have excess. And here's the other thing it's okay to do. It's okay to tell people no, even though you have money yourself. That's okay. And some of y'all need to tell yourself that's okay. All right. Anyway, bye. Love y'all. Be blessed.